Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to today's Talking Points. We've got our first repeat guest today. He is new full-time to the Points Guy. Please welcome our new loyalty and engagement editor, Richard Kerr. Richard, thanks for joining us. Hey, Brian. Always a pleasure. What exactly does a loyalty and engagement editor do? Quite a few things, as it turns out, as we get started here just the first week on the job. First of all, it's to uh, make sure that our readers are being heard, which uh, you know more than all of us is uh, really important to make sure that we keep the tone of the information we're putting out correct, to make sure that the readers get what they want, uh, which is valuable information to help them on their travels. And second is to continue to write the, the nerdy things I've always written over at the Point Sky and to dig down deep into those award charts and find the best information nobody else is covering to make the points and miles go further than ever before. Your stuff is uh, some of our most popular content. Can you give our listeners on Talking Points a sense of some of the things? Like, what are some of your favorite past columns that you're really proud of? Yeah, I I think uh, the expose I did on resort fees was, I think, one of the first articles that the now series have been written about where I went to the Great Wolf Lodge here in Georgia that charges an undisclosed resort fee, never during the booking process is this resort fee disclosed, even on the final checkout page. And the feedback we got from that, I think has really gotten some momentum and things going. That was definitely one of the favorite things I've ever written uh, about, uh, as well as uh, some of the more simple things that folks overlook, like, hey, this is the right way to rent a car, get the best deal, and to make sure you're covered in case of an accident. So things that are kind of hiding in plain sight as well, something you might do all the time, but uh, maybe you're not doing it the best way you could do. Well, let's talk about resort fees, because I think in in our world, you know, resort fee is a four-letter word. Um, you know, Marriott recently is being sued by who is it? The Attorney General of D.C. I believe yep. that's, that's that's suing that's them. Correct. And I heard some more rumblings about uh, Nebraska's AG getting into this game. Do you think that these lawsuits are actually going to bring about change? And maybe to take it a step back, you know, for those listening who aren't quite aware of what resort fees are, just give a little bit more of a background than you just gave. Yeah, definitely. I wish they were only called resort fees. Essentially, what is happening happened is the resort fee or charging a fee that is not optional uh, and then essentially saying, hey, in exchange for this this fee, we're going to give you some of these benefits, most of which people will never use out of stay. Like notary services. Airport. I mean, come on! I got I, I use notaries. I use notaries every time. <laughs> yeah, some of us have really wanted to save up all of our notary work over a couple of years and then go into a hotel that lists notary, especially in Vegas. They list notary service on the resort fees and see how many things we can get notarized before they get upset at us. But uh, the, these fees have taken off, and now they're called urban destination fees, a destination fee. I feel like every time I've seen everything that they've ever been called, somebody comes up with a new way to maybe have it a little bit less of a bite. Listen, what they are are second room rates. They are taxed Mm -hmm. at the exact same rate as the advertised room rate. And depending on the hotel or hotel chain, in Great Wolf Lodge's case, it's never broken out or disclosed. And some other chains will do a better job disclosing it, but it's just an ancillary revenue bump for hotels and they don't advertise it 
correctly in the price. So it's a way to trick consumers, but it's also a way to not pay commissions on room rates to travel agents and OTAs, correct? Very much. Um, and it also cuts down their tax uh, rate as a little bit uh, as well, depending on the city. The folks over at killresortfees.com have done some great data collecting to see exactly how much they're saving on taxes, as well as how much they're saving on commissions paid to online travel agencies. Killresortfees.com. I love it. What are, what are some of the ways to get around? So some hotels don't charge it on award stays. Uh, or for elite members, what's the current status of uh, yeah. you know the chains doing it? Yeah, so if you're staying at a Hilton and you use points to book it, you're not going to pay a resort fee. If you use Bonvoy points to book Marriott, you are still going to pay a resort fee. And this can be uh, a sting. So I believe uh, Executive Editorial Director uh, Scott Merowitz just stayed down um, at uh, one of the properties in Grand Cayman. And I know the Ritz-Carlton there has a $95 a night resort fee that you're still going to pay $95. So you, it, That's you get crazy. a quote unquote free room and you're still paying $95 a night. Uh, and it's things like bike rentals, which may be how many people are going to use the, the loaner bikes down there. Right. You know, that's what it is. Uh, Hyatt does it right. If you're a top tier uh, globalist, you're never going to pay resort fees, even if you're staying on a paid room rate. And anybody who uses points is not going to pay a resort fee either. Uh, so those are kind of the, th- the big three there and how they're doing it. Marriott definitely falling behind, which just seems a little bit silly. Uh, again, could be a reason that the D.C. Attorney General targeted them first because some of their properties do charge destination fees in big cities that have, you know, they're not a resort. There's no no, no value added there. Right. Um, some other ways to avoid it. The uh, folks have actually, and this is one of the things I tested in my column I wrote, is you dispute the charge with your credit card issuer saying that this fee was not advertised in the the price that I agreed to pay online when I booked the hotel and was only added afterwards. And there are success stories of American Express actually coming back and crediting that resort fee back. Now, I used a Wells Fargo Propel card and they found that uh, they weren't going to credit back to me, but there are success stories out there. Interesting. So wait, why are you using the Propel card to pay for hotel stays? Yeah, so it was 3x points on travel. And I was really trying to boost my points up that can be used towards the revenue cost. So I'm not subject to award space, which is what Wells Fargo points. You get 3x points, they're worth 1.5 cents each, so 4.5% cash back towards flights. That way, when I have to fly domestically, I'm not worried about uh, saver award space. I can just book a cheap flight, and then I end up paying nothing for it, and I earn redeemable and elite qualifying miles on a free ticket. Interesting. We're going to get back into credit cards in a little bit, but let's talk about Bonvoy. So, you know, to a certain group of frequent travelers, Bonvoy is also a four-letter word, not just because people dislike the name. And I, I know you've been a vocal critic. And look, a, a lot of people on staff have had terrible experiences with getting their points correct. And of summer, our TPG family editor had a, a nightmare story. So we're almost a year now into Bonvoy program. Are we out of the woods with all of these technical glitches and, and everything? What, what's your sense of what's going on in that space? You know, unfortunately not. We're not out of the woods there. Uh, one of the most frustrating things that continues to happen are uh, fees being added to award stays if you have more than one or two people in the room for occupancy. So families that are booking award stays when you get to the final checkout screen will sometimes have $1,000 of extra fees and you have to contact the property individually through the Bonvoy Assist team to get it figured out. You're going to need some help if you're trying to do anything with certificates that's a little bit outside of the norm. If you still have legacy seven-day certificates and you want to change a category or you have it attached and you want to get that certificate back, points are deducted from your account rather than the free night certificates. Trying to get that corrected can be a disaster. I still have the feeling in the bottom of my stomach and because of where I've traveled over the last uh, month, I've had to do five or six nights in Marriott properties. I just don't have the confidence that 
this transaction is going to go well from start to finish. My certificate is going to be deducted, not my points. If it's a paid night, I'm going to get the correct points in my account. I'm not going to have to go back and forth with it. And really just, am I going to have a good experience at this hotel compared to some of the other chains out there? I was in LA last Thursday and stayed at the Sheraton Universal City. It's a 25-story hotel. It had one working elevator. I waited 25 minutes to get oy, down oy. to the lobby in the morning and I was late for a meeting. I'm like, I just... I don't know what it is. It has nothing to do with the loyalty program, but my experiences right now with, with Bonvoy and Marriott just do not make me feel good. So have you been shifting your loyalty? What other chains have you been looking at? I know Hilton just announced they had one of their biggest growth quarters ever for their honors program. They're approaching 100 million members. Have you shifted stays to Hilton or Hyatt or you know, for people who are maybe not so happy with Bonvoy, what would you recommend? Yeah, if you're going to a place that has a Hyatt, that's my go-to chain. Really because of the benefits for traveling family or traveling businessman or woman, once you get those top tier status benefits of a globalist, it's just a wonderful stay, you know, 95% of the time. If there's a Hilton somewhere close by, those points seem to be so easy to get now because of the promotions, because of the credit card spend, because once you have elite status, the number of points you earn on a paid stay, I'm looking at Hilton to go over there. Really in my mind right now, and I know a lot of people you know, can't agree with this, but Marriott points are airline miles. So taking advantage of the three to one transfer ratio and the 5,000 mile bonus in a lot of programs that are hard to get otherwise, if I'm collecting Marriott points, those are gonna be future airline miles and I'm gonna try and stay at a Hilton or at a Hyatt uh, or at a Choice or something like that. That's that's my current methodology. If people wanna transfer their Bonvoy to airlines, which, which three would you say would probably offer the most value? Yeah, Alaska is definitely number one. Those are hard to get outside of the bank of America Alaska card or flying Alaska and their value is so high because of all the partners you can book for a few miles. Alaska number one, uh, actually JAL miles. There's no other way to get JAL miles except for a credit card that only earns 1x on everything and you can do a lot of incredible things that continue to get overlooked with JAL miles uh, would be number two. And then once you go from number three, it's really what do you need that you're short anywhere else? Do I need more Etihad? Still gets overlooked despite how much we've covered it on the points guy. Do I need more Virgin Atlantic because I want to save my Amex and my chase for something else? What do I need right now? But if I got Marriott points, they're going to Alaska, they're going to jail, and then after that, it's whatever. I'm short elsewhere. And JAL, for those who don't know, is Japan Airlines. So, you know, Japan Airlines used to be unbelievable for Emirates. And then, you know, one day they ramped up the fuel surcharges to, you know, crazy amounts. What are the sweet spots in Japan Airlines? Is it the routing rules? Is it other partners that we're overlooking? Yeah. So one of my favorite articles I've ever written uh, is overlooking the best transatlantic award. And this is using Japan Airlines miles to book Air France round trip from the U.S. uh, to Paris and beyond. 63,000 miles for business class round trip. 39,000 round trip. Round trip. Business class. To Europe. 39,000 miles in economy. And if you're saying there's got to be a catch, there's got to be a huge carrier imposed fuel surcharges. It's not bookable online. No. It's 85 bucks, 100 bucks round trip. It's bookable on the Japan Airlines online award booking engine. You can do it all right there. And then, as you just mentioned, on top of that, you can do crazy routings with it. Two stopovers, do an open jaw, and it's just minimal amount of miles because it's a distance-based award chart. So if you're staying somewhere close, you want stopovers, you want to go see multiple destinations for that price. You can make it happen. What is the current state of Air France award availability? You know, for that saver level, which is what you'd need for the Japan Airlines award, is it something that it's a needle in a haystack or is Air France decent these days? I haven't booked one in a while. So economy is not a problem. 
business class from Europe to the U.S. is not a problem. From the U.S. to Europe can be a problem. But if you have a flexible schedule, there are dates there. Uh, and also, if you're you know looking at the, the places that have multiple flights per day, looking at some of the other lesser-flown Air France destinations like uh, Houston instead of a Chicago or something like that, you can definitely find the availability. And then the problem has always been, you know, I don't, I can't get jail miles. Well, if you have Marriott Bonvoy points, you have no problem getting jail miles. As well as booking domestic American tickets, uh, you can do stopovers on that for far less than what American is charging. And uh, the availability is there. If you find saver availability on American, then you can make it happen with jail miles and you can build in multiple stops. You can fly the premium products from Los Angeles to New York or Boston, and you can add in stopovers. And I mean, you can just do some wonderful things there. Can you combine Air France and American on a Japan Airlines award or? You cannot mix the carriers when they are not one world partners. Got it. Figured as much, but thought I'd ask. Okay, let's take a quick pause right now and hear from our sponsors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One of these things about trends in award availability, we are going to be launching Points Lab, which you're going to be a part of. Do you want to talk? I know you had a meeting recently with our expert flyer counterparts now that we're all part of the same parent company. What is the Points Lab and how is that going to benefit TPG readers? So TPG, with all the work you've done over the last year, has just put some incredible resources together, both in the data and product of Expert Flyer and then in, in the people. So run by uh, Nick Ewan, who's going to be my uh, boss and uh, Points and uh, Miles guy. Uh, we're going to sit down and take this data and we're going to do essentially research and development, if you will, on what are the best products that we can create from this incredible tool that we have that turns into an easy to use, easy to understand interface for our readers and for the people who download our app. What is the way that we can explain to people, if you want to fly to Hawaii with your family of four, this is the best time on the this airline to make it happen, and this is how many points you're going to need. Uh, if you want to find hotel availability at a difficult to find destination, or if you're open to having your destination being defined by where the hotel availability is, how do we make the tools that allow that to happen? So that's where we're starting right now. I think we're going to do a lot of projects outside of Expert Flyer as well, a lot of deep dives into award charts and partnerships that are maybe getting overlooked, and do all the hard work for you so that, hey, if you want to use city thank you points on Turkish. This is the definitive best way to make it happen. You don't have to do that research. We're going to do it for you. We're going to do it all for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that, this evolution of the points guy. You know, we've uh, started as a blog and then, you know, kind of became a travel website. You know, you want to call it lifestyle brand, social media, video, podcast. You know, when people ask me, what is the future of the points guy? I mean, in 2020, I think people look to the points guy as an indispensable resource. We can give you, you know, the net worth of your miles and points and help you 
you make sure that you're hitting every bonus and tier. So the app is going to be a big piece of that. But, you know, also having a, a human brain trust in the company of the world's top points expert is going to is going to help us get there. And I, I couldn't be happier to have you on board as part of that. Let's let's talk about community for a little bit. So in your prior role before joining the points guy, you know, you created your own Facebook group before that was a thing. You were a leader there and you're known for your, you know, moderating a, a really lively discussion around miles and points and doing events. How do you want to change the sense of community at TPG? Let's start there. I think it boils down to a good problem that you have is as you've grown and as our audience has grown so quickly, a lot of times it's hard to stay engaged and keep your fingerprint on what people are thinking and wanting and how they're interacting with your brand. And it's something that we can't forget because without the readers, without the information they need, we kind of lose our way a little bit. I want to get us back down. It's a word that's used throughout a lot of different industries and things right now, but a grassroots. How can I create a community to make sure that we have people first talking about TPG with their friends, family, and coworkers, making sure that we know it's a place where everybody's going to come but also a positive place where people are enjoying how they interact and get responses from the brand. It's almost our version of customer service. It's why every airline and hotel has a Twitter handle now. In my opinion, it's the easiest way to get instant information if you don't want to wait on hold for a phone and to interact with the brand and get things done. We should have the same thing as TPG. If we put up some content that's not up to the reader's expectations, rather than have them tell their friends and family, hey, don't read the site anymore, they should know that, hey, if we come to the TPG lounge, if we send an email to the TPG tips, we're going to get a meaningful response back. And that goes a long way these days in ensuring people stay loyal to our brand Ensure we get a good conversation going on about TPG out there. And there's just so many tools to make that happen these days. Facebook groups is where I started it. We have a great Facebook group going on now at TPG Lounge. But it just needs to be a lot more, I would say, involved is is the word that I'm looking forward to over the next couple of weeks as I learn the processes going on there and some of the things we can do. I want people to know that if they reach out, hey, Brian and Richard and the whole team over there at TPG are going to interact and engage with us. And we're going to take your input and in steering the ship in the way that we go forward into 2000. Uh, 20. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to have you also help us kind of elevate our events. You know, one of my favorite parts of the, being the points guy or the original points guy is interacting with our readers. And, um, you know, we, we do events here and there, but I think we need to kind of more formalize um, our community meetups, what they mean, the different types. And, uh, sure. and one thing I'd love to see in 2020 and that I've kind of challenged you to help spearhead is also PointsCon, putting together an amazing conference of, you know, all the loyalty heads and programs and readers and our credit card partners in one space to allow people to kind of get to the next level. Because it can be really confusing when you uh, uh, for a beginner to go to the points guy to really try to find their way digitally. Uh, I know a lot of people really like that in-person interaction, and we do as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, do you think we're going to be able to do it in 2020? Uh, I'm, I'm so excited about a lot of the events that I have planned that I haven't had a chance to talk to you yet. PointsCon is definitely one of them. I think it's something that only TPG can do, given our network and given the partnerships we have both in the industry and with our readers. Uh, there's nobody else that's going to be able to pull together you know, the top talent into a room and say, hey, look, readers, if you want to understand how this loyalty program works from the airline side, we have the head of JetBlue here. If you want to learn it on the, the hotel side, we have the head of Hilton here to give you a panel that you can ask questions to. And you're going to understand even better you know, how this all works and how you can 
uh, take advantage of it. And everything they want to know from the consumer side, you have the top experts in the world on points and miles in the same room that are going to give talks on elevating it or to the beginners that just know that there's something exciting out there and I can't comprehend it yet. We're going to make all of that happen. I'm telling you, we're going to make it happen at PointsCon. But uh, the other reader events, we have reader events coming up, I think, uh, Atlanta and Chicago are coming next. We're going to give some seminars out there. You're going to get to talk to uh, Brian in Atlanta, but you know, I think Julian's going to be there. Summer's going to be there. I'm going to be there. So many things. Brian, I want to do a points a mile speed dating. So I ran an award travel singles mingle Facebook group. We had our first wedding last weekend where people met because of points and miles. And I think it would be incredible. Did you officiate it? I know I got an invite and I couldn't make it, but um, there's just so many things out there we can do to get people more excited about points and miles and meet like-minded people. I mean, it's, I, I'm so amped up for that kind of stuff. You know, I've never let, I don't think I've let our readers know, but I'm actually an ordained minister. I forget what my uh, <laughs> affiliation is. It was an internet thing that we did. I've actually officiated four weddings to TPG employees. So yeah, I actually haven't officiated a TPG reader wedding yet, but now that I'm talking about it on the podcast, that's another goal in 2020 we've got to make happen. So that would be a great, the first people to meet at the TPG speed dating or whatever we set up, Brian's going to officiate your wedding. That's going to be awesome. That's going to get people excited. It's got to be somewhere warm though, hopefully on a beach. Um, let's just get into the high level, your thoughts on this, you know, game industry, you know, you've been in this for a while. You know, there's always a certain portion of people who say, oh, the game's over. It's not like what it used to be. Devaluations, you know, dynamic pricing. What's your take on that? When people say, hey, Richard, why do you bother? You know, this, this isn't as fun as what it used to be. Yeah, a few answers. I actually get asked pretty often this question now, including in LA on Thursday where I was speaking in front of a group of folks. Uh, there's really two things that I always say is since I've been doing this, I still continue to travel at highly subsidized discount free prices just as much as I did in 2011 when I got into this. So as the game is changing and it's all over, I think I've started hearing that in 2012. Now we're eight, seven years later and I'm still traveling at 95% off the vast majority of the time. So the proof's in the pudding. It's not gone. Second is people who are involved in this community and in this space, we tend to forget that we are still a vast, vast minority of people here in the U.S. and in the world who spend the time and effort required to make this happen. So the analogy I always tell is pick the most busy interstate wherever you are, wherever you're listening, if you're on the road right now, and imagine if there was a traffic accident that stopped the entire interstate and you're backed up for seven or eight miles. If you got out of your car and talked to everybody in those seven or eight miles and you said, hey, tell me the best use of a Virgin Atlantic uh, flying club mile, how many people on that interstate would be able to answer your question? I would wager none or one. Nobody knows this stuff. Nobody is doing this. We don't, we lose awareness a little bit on, you know, how much this is still a niche community to do something besides sign up for one card and get one free flight, right? So people who say it's over, it's ending, everybody knows too much. That's just not the case. It still isn't. Every just like you, I'm sure every family event you go to, everybody asks how your travel agency is doing and what it is exactly you do, even though you've been doing it for you know nine years. Yeah. And even when I started the Points Guide nine years ago, people were like, "Oh, that's the dumbest idea ever. This game is over." And you know, right? <laughs> it's just so. It's just not the case. I mean. And if you want to look, if you're a science if person, if you're a dollars and cents person, look how much money these loyalty programs are making. Now, uh, American Advantage valued it more than the airline itself. I mean, this is like, this is not going, why would Americans say, you know what? That's right. Too many people are using this. We're making too much money. Let's, let's stop all this. That, well, it's not going to happen. 
So you're you're based outside of Atlanta. You fly Delta. How do you reconcile? You know, we value Delta miles the least among the major carriers. Do you still get tons of value from Delta, or do you admit that it's gotten pretty hard? No, I, I get tons of value. Um, so actually, another one of my favorite columns is stop the group think on Delta Sky Miles. Sky Miles still have tremendous value. I do fly Delta. I do credit the flights to my Sky Miles account, not to Virgin Atlantic or any other partner. And I'm telling you, Brian, I cannot keep Sky Miles in my account. I am always hovering around zero or a thousand because every time I need to go somewhere domestically, in economy with my family, Delta has it for some silly good rate. So we're going to Fort Myers this weekend to the High Regency Coconut Point Resort down there, flying my family of four back uh, from Fort Myers to Atlanta. It was like 6,000 Sky Miles a person. I got to go to Houston in two weeks. I booked round trip Atlanta to Houston on the nonstop uh, 15,000 miles. It, this happens all the time. If Do I want to book Delta One for 350,000 miles one way to Europe? No. Do I need to fly economy domestically? I'm probably going to be able to find a good rate with Sky Miles as long as it's not you know, within the next seven days. So Delta does not charge you a close in booking fee, but they by de facto just raise the Sky Miles price to where it makes it not a great deal. So here's what I'm saying. Is Sky Miles the best? Are they even close to the best program? Absolutely not. Do I find value flying domestically with Sky Miles? Almost on a weekly basis. So I have no problem collecting Sky Miles. And quite frankly, flying a Delta flight domestically is the best experience that you have of any other airline out there, maybe except JetBlue. Delta's pretty pretty darn good. Let's end with, you know, so first of all, thank you for your service to our country. Um, you've written some stuff for us about how military, um, current active military and, and veterans can save on by leveraging their status on travel and miles and points and credit cards. Can you end with maybe one or two tips for anyone listening that is in the military and how they should be upping their game? Yeah, definitely. And this is absolutely the community that I'm going to go after with the TPG brand. There's going to be a TPG Veterans Network. We're going to do awesome things with that because nine years in the Navy, passionate about uh, my fellow servicemen and women. Look, if you're active duty right now, you do not need to be paying annual fees on any American Express cards. That applies if you're an authorized user on your spouse's card. Their fee will also be waived. And the same with Chase. If you open a new Chase card now, I believe they changed the rules September 2017. So not an existing account, but if you've opened an account after September 2017, those fees are also waived through the Military Lending Act. So that's the best advice right there. Get your Chase and Amex cards, utilize those points, and then take advantage of that great offer that the folks at those two banks are giving you. And that includes $450 Chase Sapphire Reserve. That includes $550 American Express Platinum. No annual fees, and you get all the benefits. So, again, thanks to the folks at Chase and Amex who continue to do that. And my wife and I certainly got incredible value from from those cards. That's awesome. And it's, I think it's the least we can do to, to help those who have served. Richard, we got to wrap it up now, but... Let's just end it on a couple fun questions. So with your family, what's one destination that you highly recommend to other you know, families with young children? Yeah, here, here, here's an off-the-wall destination, but we had an amazing time. Uh, the Berkshires in western Massachusetts. We went up there during the fall, flew into Albany, drove a car over, got this condo through the Amex uh, hotels program, and drove around the mountains, went to fall festivals, my kids had a blast. The scenery was lovely. It was very affordable. And it's some place that was not even on my radar. But award availability led us there to Albany. And that was an awesome time. And since people have been asking me that question, I'm like, go to the Berkshires in the fall. Have a great time with your family. Love that. And final question, are you 
when you're traveling solo, aisle or window seat? I am an aisle seat all the way. I'm not as tall as you, but I do have broad shoulders <laughs> and I need that extra space every time. But don't don't you worry about people in the aisle kind of whacking you with their backpacks? I don't know. I feel like that always happens to me. Maybe I'm no, just being a diva. <laughs> hadn't been too big of a problem. And also, I'm telling you, if I'm flying a red eye or something in the, the middle of the aisle seat or asleep and you've got to use a lavatory, there's just not a worse situation in the U.S. to be in right now if you're traveling. So I skip it and I sit in the aisle. Good point. All right. So Richard, where can people follow you? Uh, obviously, you're going to be writing on the points guy more than ever, but uh, where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, social media, Twitter and Instagram is at KerPoints, K-E-R-R points. Super easy. Love it. Richard, we're so excited to have you on board at the points guy. We've got so much exciting stuff happening. Safe travels to you, my friend. Thanks a lot. I appreciate everybody uh, letting me be part of this community. Looking forward to it. All right, that's it for this episode of Talking Points. Thanks again to our super points expert guest, Richard Kerr, our new loyalty and engagement editor at The Points Guy. Thanks to my all-star podcast team, Caroline Shagrin and Margaret Kelly, as well as my awesome assistant, Christy Matsui. That's it for this episode. Safe travels, everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 